أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم بسم الله الذي لا يضر مع اسمه شيء في الأرض ولا في السماء وهو السميع العليم بسم الله مجريها ومرساها إن ربي لغفور الرحيم بسم الله وبالله ومن الله وعلى الله وفي الله ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم اللهم صلي وسلم وبارك وأكرم وأنعم وتفضل على سيدنا وحبيبنا ونبينا وشفيعنا ومولانا محمد بصلاة لم يصلي بمثلها مخلوق صلاة تجل عن الصلوات تفوق صلاة المصلين عليه في الأرض والسماوات نفرد بها في الدنيا ونفوز بعد الممات صلاة تقربنا بها منك إليك تجعلنا بها يا ربنا من أقرب الأقربين إليك ومن أحب المحبوبين لديك يا رب العالمين وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا عدد خلقك ورضاء نفسك وإذن تعرشك ومداد كلماتك في كل لمحة ونفس عدم سعلمك يا الله يا رحمن يا مستعان يا حي يا قيوم يا ذا الجلال والإكرام ربنا اجعل جمعنا هذا جمع مباركا مرحومة واجعل اللهم تفرقنا من بعده تفرقا معصومة ورضي الله فينا ولا معنا ولا منا شقيا ولا محرومة رب ذدنا ولا تنقصنا وآتنا ولا تحرمنا يا رب وفقنا لما تحب وترضى يا كريم ربنا اجعل جمعنا هذا جمع مباركا مرحومة واجعل تفرقنا من بعده تفرقا معصومة ورضي الله فينا ولا معنا ولا منا شقيا ولا محرومة وصل اللهم على سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين الفاتحة بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يبقه قولي رب أدعينا نشكر نعمتك التي أنعمت علي وعلى والدي ونعمل صالحا ترضى وأصلح لي في ذريتي نتبت إليك وإني من المسلمين الحمد لله The topic we have talked about last time with an interesting topic, which is dreams. And these topics, sometimes people, when they discuss them or inquire about them or they read about them, they, they're confused. Somebody's outside, please. There are people outside. Let them in. I'm so sorry. Ibrahim, we need a place. We need Interfal to, to, to protect us, look after us. Come, come in. Welcome, welcome. Come in. Yeah, if you can move forward. Young man, come and sit here. Move, yeah, move, 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 forward, 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 yeah, forward, 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 yeah, please. Ahmed, today you are sitting in the wrong place. Come and sit here. No, 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 stay here. Ahmed can come and sit here. Yeah, he will sit next, because this baby, Ahmed likes babies, so Ahmed can sit next to her. Ahmed, he is good with children. No, no, you, 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 you are much... Much better. This is a big baby. <laughs> welcome. Welcome, everybody. As, mo as much as you can move, move, inshallah. When you are in Hajj and you are in the Haram in Mecca, at the time of difficulty, there is no place, there's no space, there's more people coming. So whoever comes, allow them to come in. Yeah, can you move that table from there, please? Uh, yeah, young brother, move this table. All these things can be moved. Please. Can I ask a question? Please. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do with this? You move this way. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Just take it away. 
Move it. Was my plan to get closer? Yeah. If you really want to get placed, move those things, all of them. Yeah, take them away, and then you can come and sit in the corner here. Yeah. The next. Move that table. Yeah, move it. Thank you, Ahmed. And then somebody can sit on that. Gibril can come and sit there. That's your corner, Gibril. Move that, move that little cushion there. Bring it here. The brother can sit in this cushion. Yeah, that corner next to Ahmed. Yes. Much better. <laughs> how are you? Ahmed, how are you? Assalamu alaikum. Sorry about this, everybody. Alhamdulillah. So, if more people come, just you have to push. So, I'm saying in hot time when it is crowded in the Kaaba, you say, <laughs> What am I gonna do? And the place is crowded, but you thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for that. So, the top subject of dreams, yeah, and Alhamdulillah, was an interesting subject to speak about. And I, I, I thought this subject today. It's going to be also interesting because there is a lot of myth going about and a lot of things being said by religious and non-religious people when it is concerning jinn. And when I came to this country, one of the strangest things, although I believe there is jinn, somebody was telling me that in the Oxford Dictionary, and I had never seen it myself, jinn is a Middle Eastern myth. I said to him, well, if it is a myth, I can't believe in a myth, I believe in the reality. And the reality is that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking about in the Quran. And a part of your faith as a Muslim, you must believe that the jinn are a creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay? They are just like us and the malaika. Now today... Since your last lecture on dreams, uh, can I ask, um, when brothers and sisters don't have a foundation in their Islam and you bring these kind of topics, isn't there a possibility of causing confusion? No. Not really, because they're already being confused by what they hear about outside there. What they need to do is, they need to remove the myth out of this subject that they hear about and see people talking about. But their main fundamental uh, learning of Islam has to be put in place, because that is fundamental, like learning how to clean themselves, how to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in general by salah and, and all those things. Anyway. Since your last certain people have had some strange dreams, and I've been the victim of having to I'm glad. I'm glad. So I'm gonna, I want to give them to you. It's possible. Inshallah, we will talk about it okay. afterward, Ahmed. Today's topic, the jinn. I'm gonna just look at three questions: Who are they, and what is their role while they're in this world, and what is our relationship with them, or how should we have a relationship with them, as the Quran and the Sunnah speaks. And all that which I'm gonna quote today here, it is either from the Quran or from the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In the Quran, Allah called them al-jinn. And he also, there is somebody outside, please, who is there. You see? Come in, welcome, welcome, welcome. Okay? Allah called them al-jinn. Or al-jan, or al-jinna. Okay, this is in the Quran. And when you look at the word jinn or al-jinn, 
it is mentioned in the Quran 22 times. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned it 22 times in 11 surahs. Okay, and you can check yourself. The word al-jinn is mentioned 22 times in 11 surahs. And the word al-jan or jan is mentioned seven times in only four surahs. Okay, and jinnah is mentioned 10 times in seven surahs. Now, the word jinn literally meaning that which is hidden. Okay? Jinn, literally meaning that which is hidden or that which cannot be seen. I'm, I'm worried about people coming. Okay? So whoever comes, please allow them to sit. Alaikum wassalam. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome. It's good. We need to get them in. It's entertaining. If there is any room in front of you, just move forward, please. I know it is becoming too hard. No, welcome, welcome, welcome. 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 Okay, they're removing that table as well. Walaikum assalam, Sidi How are you, all right? Alhamdulillah. Okay, just gently. And the heater as well, just move it away. We're going to let you all sit down, inshallah. Yeah. Should have come earlier. How are we gonna move it? Move this more. I want to allow people to Ahmad you are let him move this way. Move. Yeah, yeah it will it will happen inshallah. Alright. Okay. Welcome. Somebody outside? All right. Ahmed, you need to move a little bit forward. I'm the brother behind you. And the brother behind, please move forward. Move forward. Move. Wassa'a wassa'a Allahu alayk. Alhamdulillah. You see? It can take all of us. Inshallah. That's it. 
So what I was saying is, in the Quran, Allah mentioned the word al-jinn, okay, 22 times in 11 surahs. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned the word al-jan or jan, okay, seven times in four surahs. And Allah mentioned the word jinnah 10 times in seven surahs. It is important because if somebody is looking later on, you can find this is exactly a word of God, subhanahu wa ta'ala, mentioning this creation that he has created. But it is evident that there is a link between us and them on this earth to be tested because Allah said in the Quran, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem, in Surah Al-Dhariyat, okay, Surah Al-Dhariyat, verse 56, okay. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وما خلقت الجن والإنس إلا ليعبدون I have not created the human nor the jinn only to worship me and to worship me literally as Ibn Abbas says is to know me so our job here is to learn about Allah and to know him and for them the same thing okay the jinn should know who Allah is and we should know him سبحانه وتعالى now jinn as I said it has got two meanings. A meaning of hidden, okay? That's something which is hidden from us and we cannot see them. And also when we say Jannah, okay? Meaning something that has become karma. Okay? You cannot hear it. You cannot hear about anything that is going about it from the other side. It is two letters, Jim and Noon. The word Jin, if I take it by the letters, Jim is from Jalal. And Jalal is a beautiful word that you hear about. We say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Jalla Jalaluhu. Something which is magnificent. Okay? Something which is with might and power. And the jinn themselves have that kind of ability. They are very, very powerful creatures of God. Okay? Second to that, only to the malaika. And the noon is for nur, light. Okay? So they have an element of those two words within them. They cannot be seen because they are powerful in their way. And, subhanAllah, if you look into the Middle East, picture that come from the hot desert, in the television you see something moving, like a mirage. That, what they are made of, as Allah subhanAllah stated in the Quran, and I'm going to explain. Okay? Now, one of the scholars who spoke about them in detail said, هم من عالم الغيب كالملائكة إلا أنهم خلقوا من نار they are from the hidden world. Just like the malaika, the only exception is that they were created from the fire. The malaika were created from pure light and the jinn are created from the fire. And we are created from the mud. Okay? And later on, we can explain that further. Allah said in the Quran, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم والجان خلقناه من قبل من نار السموم And the jinn, we created them earlier from the scorching wind of fire. From the scorching wind of fire. So when you are traveling in a hot country in the desert, like where I come from, Sudan, subhanAllah, sometimes there is a breeze that comes, it's so hot. It makes you feel to your core, okay? Something strange around you. And that is what the jinn are created from. They call it also Nara Samum. As Allah states in the next verse, وَخَلَغَ الْجَانَّ مِنْ مَارِجٍ مِنْ نَارٍ And he has created the jinn from a fire without smoke. Now, when I was young and I used to ask a question about them, 
One of the people who used to teach me, he used to lit, okay, fire like this by the matches. And when you put the fire on top, you have got the red flame, and then you have got like a bluish flame, and then you have got a very light flame above that. And he used to say, put your hand. When you put your hand on top, it doesn't hurt you. When you move it to the next part, you'll feel a little bit. But if you put it to the red flame, then it will hurt you. Okay? So the top is where their creation is from. Allah is calling it a fire without a smoke. Allah is calling it a scorching hot wind from the fire. Okay? Now, they are created physically before us. Because they were here on the earth, the jinn themselves, before we were created physically. But, subhanallah, we are the spirit who were created before anything else. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explained in the Quran. Okay? And Rasulullah says, okay, when he asked Jabir, what did Allah create for his O Jabir? He said, the light of your prophet. Okay? The spirit. Now, when Allah created them and they were living on this earth, they were creating big problems and many, many difficulties on this earth. And subhanAllah, Allah has dealt with them and then later on, he raised Iblis on top. I'll speak about this later on in details. Okay? Iblis was raised to the heaven. And then he came back with Adam after Adam was created to teach us something that within the nature of the jinn, and the nature of the human, there is something very strange and odd that we are enemies to our own self. And that comes from selfishness. Because when Allah asked the malaika to prostrate to Adam, they did. Except for Iblis, he refused. He became an enemy of himself and he knew the truth. If Allah is his creator and he's supposed to adhere to his commandment, he should have just prostrated without questioning. But he didn't prostrate. Why? Because selfishly he felt he is better. And even in this world today, sometimes we, when we look at others, we discriminate. Not just by appearance or look or intelligence, by different means. We think we are better. And if we think like that, then that's where we fail in living our life to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay? They have an ability to travel distances, they have an ability to do things that you can never imagine. You can never, never imagine what the jinn can do. And I'll give you an example later on about this. They can travel fast. They can, in fact, travel and go to the higher worlds above us. The only place they cannot go to because it is locked from them is the higher heavens. When Sayyidina Muhammad traveled in the journey by night, and he went through the space, through all the galaxies, the stars, the planets. They could travel too, the jinn. But when he reached the height of that, and he found Sayyidina Ismail alayhi salam, the guardian of the lower heaven, with his guardians, subhanAllah, he realized they were there to guard the jinn or any creature from trying to listen to the upper heaven. And the Quran also have a proof of that. Where do they live? They live on the earth. They live in the water. They live in the valleys. They live in the desert. They live in the caves, in the mountains. They live inside this earth, some of them. 
We know a little bit about what is in the earth. We are trying to find out what is going on. But some of the jinn, they live within the earth. Some above the earth. In valleys, in deserts, in water, and in caves. This is what the scholars have talked about. However, some of them, they live with us. And this is later on I'm going to speak about, which we call Al-Umar. Okay? Al-Umar, the inhabitants, who live in every dwelling a human being can dwell in. Whether it is a flat, a hut, a house, a palace, wherever there is a building a human being will build, they have the right to live as well. Because the land used to be there before we came and lived into it. Before they were asked to leave, and I'll explain, we came later. Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha reported in Sahih Muslim. This is in Sahih Muslim. Aisha said, okay? And Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha qalat, qala Rasulullah sallallahu nur. The angels were created from light. And the jinn were created from the fire. And Adam alayhi salam is being created from that which Allah described for you in the Quran. Allah described Adam as created from the mud. Okay? This is what Allah said in the Quran. Inna khalaqnakum min tinin lathib. We have created you from mud. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran. Now, one of the great scholars who lived in the third generation is named Sahl ibn Abdullah Tasatturi. A very, very good man. When you travel to Mecca and then you are traveling by car to Medina, I want you next time, if you haven't seen, you notice by the road there are mountains and people will drive fast by them. These mountains used to be for the earlier people who lived there whom Allah has cursed among Ad and Thamud. Yeah? This has been described. It's called Dar'ad al-Ula. Okay? The fairest home for the fairest tribe which we call Ad, which live there. And their prophet, okay, asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to destroy them and they were destroyed because they did evil in that place. The city is built in the mountain, just like when you go to Petra in Jordan. It's amazing. But subhanAllah, Today we go to these places as tourists, but the Prophet ﷺ encouraged the companion when they pass the Dar of Ad or the home of Ad, they should hasten their journey. They shouldn't stop and look. Because that's the place where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has cursed. That's the place where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not like people to look. But this scholar, he said, I wanted to have a look to take a lesson and tell people. Okay? He said, What I found, a beautiful palace. Carved inside the mountain. Okay? A beautiful palace carved inside the mountain. And when I looked inside, I saw this huge man praying in a garment made of wool, but white. But it was so soft, like harir. Because usually wool is heavy, stiff. But this is soft. But I knew it was not silk. So I waited, waited until he finished his prayer and I approached him. I said, Assalamu alaikum. Straight away, he turned to me and said, Wa alaikum assalam, O father of Muhammad. You were 
thinking that the garment I'm wearing is soft. However, garments are not made old, okay, by the amount of time you wear them or the length of time you wear them. I have lived for 900 years. I have passed through the time of Isa and I met him and I believed in him. And I met Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu and I took shihada from him and I believed in him. And I was wearing this garment while I saw them both. So it's not the time that makes them old. It is the sin that the human or the jinn accumulate. So the more sin you accumulate, it will destroy whatever you honor you have. However, this garment is being on me for the last 900 years. So he asked him, okay, who are you? He says, I am one of the jinn. I am one of the jinn. So that means we, as human beings, if Allah wants us to see them, we can see them. How can we see them? We can see them either in human form, because they can take shape, or you can see them in animal forms. Or they can enter into a body of a human being, and that's not allowed in their okay, teaching, it's haram for them to do that. Or they can enter into an animal body. And if you look at Christianity today, or Judaism, or Islam, sometimes they try to take out the jinn that goes into the human being. Okay, They try to do this by different ways. By recitation, by uh, doing certain things that they have learned from their predecessors so that they can take the jinn out of the person. Okay? Now, he says to him, tell me more about yourself. He says, I am one of those people whom Allah spoke about in the Quran. To show his time exactly when he met the Prophet. Okay? He says, Allah said about me and those who were with me, A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan al-rajim, Qul uhiya ilayya annahu istama'na furum min al-jinn. Say to them, O Muhammad, to your companion, that a group of jinn listened to me while I was reciting the Quran. This is from Surah Al-Jinn. So imagine this jinn was there with Rasulullah when he was reciting Quran at Fajr time and they were sitting listening to him. And Allah revealed Quran about him. The scholars differ about them. The brother is outside, let him come in. How many tribes they are? Welcome, my brother. How many tribes they are? They say there are about 48 tribes of the jinn. I was taught by a scholar, may Allah bless his soul and raise him to a high lofty place called Bashir Usman Bashir from Medina. He told me, he's a teacher of the jinn, he told me, yes, as far as he knows, there are 48 tribes, and they're all over the place, and he traveled and met many of their kings. Every tribe is ruled by a king. That's their system. However, they don't have their own teachers for religion. And I'll tell you the reason why. Okay? Allah described them in the Quran to tell us that they are different. And they are similar to us. Allah said in the Quran, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم in Surah Al-Jinn, verse 14, وَأَنَّا مِنَّا الْمُسْلِمُونَ Amongst us, there are those who submit to God. وَمِنَّا الْقَاسِطُونَ And amongst us, there are those who swerve away from justice. فَمَنْ أَسْلَمَ فَأُولَيْكَ تَحَرَّوا رَشَدًا However, those who submitted to Allah and His will, they have chosen the right path. 
وأما القاسطون فكانوا لجهنم حطمة However those who have swerved away from the truth and did not admit the oneness of God and submitted and surrendered to him they will be the call of Jahannam This is from the jinn Allah saying this in the Quran Surah Al-Jinn verse 14 Now people talk about shayateen and shaytan shaytan is one the shaytan is one iblis his name he's a jinn Allah said in the Quran wa kana iblis min al-jinn and iblis he was one of the jinn but he became shaytan what does shaytan mean shaytan in the language of the arab the one who goes astray the one who leaves the group okay the animal that leaves the herds i come from a desert and we drive camels and cattle and goats. When one of them leaves out and run away, we call it shatin. Okay? That means that which went astray. And we fear for it that will be eaten by an animal or die out of thirst or hunger. So we try to look for it and bring it back. So if one person leaves the truth, become shaitan. Hence Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when Iblis said to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I will not prostrate for him for I am better than him. You created me from the fire and he is from the mud. In discrimination, Allah said, get out of it. Okay? Now, because he have become shaitan, he have left the straight path. Hence, every human being who leaves the straight path become a shaitan. And Allah said it in the Quran, shayateen insi wal jinn. The shayateen of the human and the shayateen of the jinn. So now here, when you listen to the word shaitan, it doesn't just mean iblis. It means a shaitan is iblis. The devil is iblis. Why? Because of what he did. But any human being or any jinn who goes astray, he becomes shaitan. Especially when they know the truth and they go against Allah, just like iblis, he knew the truth, then you become a shaitan. But when we look at them, the young among them, who the strong and able, we call him Ifrit. As Allah said in the Quran, وَقَالَ عِفْرِيتٌ مِنَ الْجِنِّ And one strong jinn said, now you don't want to meet an Ifrit, I promise you. You don't want to meet one because they are tough. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, one day was in the masjid and he was praying. And while he's praying, people saw him seeking refuge in Allah and then putting his hand and then pulling it. Then putting his hand and then pulling it. When he finished, the companion said, Ya Rasulullah, we saw you doing a strange thing in your salah today. What are you doing? He said, Not a shaitan, generally, jinn or human, but Iblis himself came to me with fire in front of my face. Okay? Trying to distract me, playing about with his games. And by Allah Almighty God, when I was doing that and pulling my hand, I was about to capture him. And I could have hold, held him and tied him to a pillar in the mosque and the children of Medina will play with him like playing with any dog. But I remember Sulaiman, when he prayed and asked Allah, Oh Allah, give me a kingdom that no one after me will have the same. Whereby he could speak to all the animals including the bird and the fish in the sea and command the wind and even command the jinn. So he didn't want to go. Because if the Prophet asked for it, Allah would have given it to him. But look at the adab, the respect. He said, no. I realized, no, I should not go beyond that. Okay? Because Suleiman says, oh Allah, give me a kingdom 
with power that no one after me will have the same. So if they're not oh, allow me to capture him, that will be in Arabic, Qillat Adab, disrespect. Okay, so he left it alone and did not do anything to change the situation. Okay, now Ka'b al Ahbar, one of the great men of the Quran, says, Okay, when you look into the tafsir, the jinn before Iblis was raised to the heaven, and let, listen carefully to me. The jinn were living on the earth, they had total control long, long time before Adam was created from the mud. Allah sent them the first messenger. Imagine. The first messenger who came to us. Anybody know the first messenger? Before? Not Adam. The first messenger who brought a message. The, huh? Not Nuh. No, not Hud. Idris. Idris was the first. Yeah? This is the time of the languages and the separation of the groups. Then he was sent. Now, subhanallah, the first messenger, Ka'ab says, according to his teaching from the Prophet, called Amir ibn Umair ibn al-Jan. And it's, by the way, back home, we have people, families called al-Jan. <laughs> so, what's your surname, al-Jan? So, you feel a little bit worried. Are you really connected to them? <laughs> Especially when you are thinking of getting married. <laughs> you don't want that surname. Amir ibn Umair ibn al-Jan. Okay, this is his, his name. Allah sent him as a messenger to the jinn. He came and tried to instruct them, to guide them, to show them the right path. Do you know what they did? They killed him. Ka'b said, every time Allah sent another messenger, they killed him until they killed 800 messengers from their own. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to the jinn who are living above, because the jinn who are living on the earth now, they are all of them. But in the past, they used to live here, and some of those who did well, they will live in the planets. When I hear about people thinking, are there lives in the planets? They used to be. Whether they did now or not, Allahu alam, but the jinn used to live there as well, in other planets. Allah told the jinn in the planets to come down to the earth and to destroy those who are not listening to his message. So they came down and they fought them hard. Who was with them? Iblis. Iblis was the favorite among the jinn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah used to love him because he was obedient slave of Allah. So he came with them. He led the battle. They drove them from every corner of the earth to a valley. And they left them there, and Allah brought fire from the heavens and destroyed all of them. When they were destroyed, Allah allowed those who were from the heavens to live on the earth then, and they were worshipping well. Iblis then became one of the best of the jinn on the earth, with all the desire that he could see around him. So Allah, just like he raised Adam and the rest of the messengers to the heavens, he raised him to the first heaven. Then he raised him to the second heaven. Then to the third. Until he reached where Ibrahim is now, in the seventh heaven. Jibreel said, Me and Mikael, we used to come down and go, okay, from the lower heaven to the higher heaven, and we pass every day Iblis in one heaven. Saturday in one heaven, Sunday in another heaven. So we were saying to ourselves, between themselves, that there is no creature Allah has created who could worship Allah as much as this creature. Iblis used to worship 
all the time. He had nothing that will stop him from worshipping Allah. In fact, Jibreel said to Mikael, even among the angels, there is none like him. This is recorded. Now, look at that. This is to teach us a lesson. If you reach a position whereby you think yourself, you are complete in faith, you are a hardcore worshipper, you could sleep at any moment. You could fall. Be very careful. Don't let your nafs drag you down. Don't let your ego stop you from remembering that at the end of the day, your heart is between the hand of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He can change your heart anytime. You could go to bed a believer, wake up without faith. You could go without faith, you could wake up a believer. Don't judge people. And don't <laughs> overgrade yourself. Or raise yourself to a higher lofty place that you are not in because you could fall. Okay. Now, Allah said in the Quran, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم ومن الجن من يعمل بين يديه بإذن ربه سورة السبع verse 12 After that when the messengers okay, were sent to the earth when the human came down Subhanallah all the messengers began to deal with the jinn because they could not cope with their own Allah subhanahu began to send messengers for the humans and for the jinn No messenger only he has dealt with the jinn because he's supposed to teach them. Here in this Surah Saba, if you read it, and you know the Queen of Sheba, Saba, okay, and her people, this is to do with Sayyidina Sulaiman, Sayyidina Dawood, alayhi salam. Allah said, and from the jinn, they were those who were building for him as builders, and those who used to dive into the oceans and bring him the pearls and the jewels, and into the earth to bring him the gold and the diamond, as he likes, because they had the power. In fact, I was in Al-Ashar al-Sharif when I was young, and I was walking about, and I know that some of the pillars in Al-Ashar were from the temple, okay, in Jerusalem, the original temple that Suleiman built. But Suleiman did not build it by the humans. The jinn helped him in building it. So some of those pillars were made by the jinn. And this man suddenly came to me. I was thinking, I was asking myself, which pillar could be? And this man just tapped me in my shoulder, he said, you are inquiring about the building? I said to him, how do you know that? He said, don't ask me. But if you want to know, come with me. He took me, he said, hit this pillar. So I hit it, it made a hollow sound. He said, come with this pillar, it is very soft sound. We came to one, it sounded like metal. He said, this is from the jinn. And he just left. I looked around, he disappeared. I really don't know who he is. I went around all the place to find him so I can question him. I couldn't find him. I don't know who he was. Maybe he's one of the jinn. <laughs> but I know for a fact there are a lot of things that were built in the past by the jinn. Still some element of them are there. Especially in the caves and in the mountains because humans could never do what they have done. I went to a cave once and I saw a sitting room really carved in the nicest way. I don't think a human being would ever carve something like that. But then when I went and I questioned, it was a white, wise man who used to worship in that mountain and he had close relationship with the jinn from the writing I found. And the jinn have built that place for him to stay in. Okay? And from the jinn, there are many of them who will be able to do anything that he will require if he needs from the sea, from the ocean, from the land. Okay, they can bring for him. يَعْمَلُونَ لَهُ مَا يَشَاءُ 
بمحاريب وتماثيل وجفان كالجواب وقدور الراسيات. They will build for him whatever he wills, whatever he wishes, whatever he wants. Okay? Arshis, they can build. Images, they can build. Okay? And huge pots they used to build so that they can feed the armies of thousands of people. Human could never build those things, but the jinn were able to do for Sulaiman and Dawud alayhi salam. Now it is reported when Sayyidina Sulaiman alayhi salam was sitting in the palace once and he was having a gathering of all his creatures that he used to rule up over and they were all there, the representatives. Except, as you know, in Surah An-Naml. Except for the Hupubo bird. Okay, Al-Hudhud. When he discovered he is not there, as the Quran states, unless he bring a reason why he is late, he will sacrifice him. And suddenly he came in, and the story goes that he told him he was flying, but then he got lost, and he wandered to a land whereby he saw a woman and her people, a queen, who worshipped the sun. And Sayyidina Sulaiman then wrote his letter to her, It is from Sulaiman, and it is in the name of Allah, most merciful, most kind. Take it and give it to her. And he, he did. Okay? And then Sayyidina Sulaiman was confronted by a delegation from her, bringing gifts and presents, and he felt insulted. Because he doesn't need gifts and presents. He has the jinn to bring him anything he wants. He has Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to provide anything if he made a dua. So he said to the gathering who were in front of him, who will bring me her throne now? Immediately. When I freed from the jinn, he said, Oh Sulaiman, I will bring it for you before your meeting is finished. Just give me time. The meeting could take hours. But Allah wanted to teach Sulaiman and to teach us the human that we are more powerful than the jinn if we can abide by the rules of Allah and follow the teaching. The one who have the knowledge of the book among the human beings who were sitting there, an old man, his name is Asif bin Barkhia. Asif bin Barkhia. He says, I will bring it for you, O Sulaiman, before you blink. And it was there. The whole throne, she was there, and all the gathering could see. And when she came down from her throne, she saw Suleiman, he had a floor made of glass. Okay? And it was reflective of her body. So she felt it was water. So she lifted her garment up so that they would not get wet in the water. And the people in the palace laughed because women would not show their legs. Okay, because she didn't know. This is to show as well her that she thinks she had everything, but what Suleiman have is more better than what she had, more grander in the sense. And then, of course, she embraced the religion and she stayed and she became a very important woman according to the teaching of the Quran. So, here this verse tells us the Afarit among the jinn they could do anything, they have the power to do anything, but. If we fear Allah and work according to the teaching of Rasulullah we could do something better than them. Okay. The Quran tells us as well about them. Sorry, so do you mean that the person that bought the, the throne was a human? A human being, yes. Not a jinn? No, not a jinn. His name is Asib bin Barkhir. 
Okay? The one who has the knowledge of the book. That means without knowledge you cannot do anything. The knowledge of the book, the knowledge of the scripture of God. Okay? Now the Quran tells us before Sayyidina Muhammad sallam, even after they were destroyed, those who came and settled here from the heavens, they still want to hear what the Malaika are talking about. They are very curious, inquisitive creatures. So they will fly and go as far as they can to listen. So the Quran tells us about what they used to do. وَلَقَدْ جَعَلْنَا فِي السَّمَاءِ بُرُوجًا And we have made in the heaven constellations. وَذَيَنَّهَا لِلنَّاظِرِينَ And we made them look beautiful for those who are looking. وَحَفِظْنَاهَا مِنْ كُلُّ شَيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ And protected them from every jinn who has gone astray. Because they are only mischievous when they want to listen. What for? Okay? إِلَّا مَنْ اِسْتَرَغَ السَّمَعَ only those who will try to steal okay, the news by hiding, by using different ways whereby they cannot be seen, then straight away Allah will send them to them. Okay? Something to destroy them. Now, that which destroyed them is a fire Allah sent them to them. Like a missile. Straight away, it destroyed them while they're trying to. And we have made the lower heaven beautiful by lamps, which is the stars that we see. And we have made some of those stars as missiles to fight those jinn who try to listen to the sound of the heaven. And everybody can see them. So when you see a shooting star, according to the Quran, these are the missiles that Allah try to destroy the jinn who are trying to listen. That means still until today and until tomorrow they will try to do that which is not correct. We have made the lower heaven beautiful by the stars and the planets. And we have protected that place from every jinn who is trying to listen to what is going on in the upper heaven. They will not be allowed to listen to what is being said in the heaven above. And they will be destroyed from every direction if they try to climb or fly or listen to what's happening. They will always fail. And in the hereafter, they will receive a harsh punishment from God Almighty. However, what you see when there is a shooting star, these are the ones that they managed to go through, but they will not allow, be allowed to hear what is going on. This is in Surah Al-Safat. And this is, at the end I will tell you which verses of the Quran we can read to protect us from their evil ways. Now, when the Prophet wasallam was about to appear at the seal of prophets, and messengers, and the last caller for God, okay? They began to travel around the earth because they realized there is no way for them to know what is going on in the heaven anymore. And they knew from Isa alayhi salam that the messenger who is going to be coming and this messenger will give you that which will allow you to live in peace. So they began to travel every corner of the earth looking for him. When they began to travel, in one of their journeys, when they realized he's in the area of Arabia, they were traveling between 
Ta'if and Mecca. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was under a palm tree with some of his companions praying at dawn, Salat al-Fajr. Okay? And when they heard him reading, they realized this is the messenger they were supposed to follow. They went back to their people to tell them that the messenger of the time has arrived and you need to listen to him. In the Quran, in Surah Al-Ahqaf, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states, قالوا يا قومنا إنا سمعنا كتابا أنزل من بعد موسى O our people we have just heard the book that is revealed after that which was revealed to Moses which is the Torah it agrees with the teaching of Moses in the Ten Commandments it guides to the truth وإلى صراط مستقيم and to a straight path so those jinn, whom the one I told you early on was one of them, they listened to that which made them understood immediately this is the messenger and this is his message to show that they were already taught by the messengers before. Whether it is Isa alayhi salam, Moses or David or Solomon, whoever it was, they knew the truth from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ya qawmana ajibu Allah. O our people, answer the call of the caller of Allah. يَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ مِنْ ذُنُوبِكُمْ He will forgive your sins. وَيُجِرْكُمْ مِنْ عَذَابٍ أَلِيمٍ And he will protect you from a harsh punishment. إِنَّا سَمِعْنَا قُرْآنًا عَجَبًا We have heard a very beautiful recitation. يَهْدِي إِلَى الرُّشْدِ That which guides to the truth. فَأَمَنَّا بِهِ We believe in it. وَلَنْ نُشْرِكْ بِرَبِّنَا أَحَدًا And from today we will never take partners with our Creator. Now in this, also there is a lesson for us. Because the jinn went through different tests. Now we, as human beings, we go through different tests in our daily routine. But once you hear the Quran, it can only be the means for your guidance. If Allah is wishing you guidance, you will be guided by the Quran. Nothing else. Not the word of man. Not even the word of a prophet. But the word of God can guide you to him subhanahu wa ta'ala. What is our relationship with them? Our relationship with them comes in living on the same place. The earth belongs to them and belongs to us. We share it, whether we like it or not. The only way I can bring it closest to you to understand is like sound waves. Okay? When you change from a sound wave to another, you will get a clear sound and you will hear it. But we don't understand it how it happens. Okay? The same thing, the jinn are living with us, and there could be now some jinns with us here, but we don't see them. Unless they make themselves apparent to us. Or we have the power of the book, the knowledge of the book, so that we can recite certain things for us to be able to see them. Although we are not encouraged nor allowed to do that. Some of us try to do so, and I will explain later. Okay? The Prophet وسلم, when he came to Medina, he told the companions, while you are in Medina, I am not just sent to you, there are others who live with you, I am sent to them. So when you see them, don't be surprised, and treat them with respect. And it is reported that a young man got married 
and went home to his wife. He was with the Prophet and when he went home, his wife was screaming. Okay, on her bed because there was a snake in the room. Okay, so the young man tried to kill the snake and the snake killed him and it disappeared. And then when the Prophet was informed about it, he says, if you see any snake, don't kill it. Ask it. Question it. By the name of Allah, if it is not one of the creatures, okay, a snake, to leave. And if it is a jinn, it will leave. Because they take the form, as I said, of creatures. So, whenever we see a snake, we will say to it, in the name of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, get out or leave. And if it is jinn, it will just crawl out. If it is just a normal creature, a snake, a serpent, it will remain. Okay? Then we see if it is dangerous, then we can eliminate it by killing it. Or if it is a, went away, we can just leave it to go to its own way. But rest assured, if you try to kill a jinn that is taking a form of a human being or an animal or even a snake, it might kill you. Because it is more powerful than you. It understands. It's not just an animal as you see it, but it is a creature that has an understanding and a way that you do not have or understand. Okay? Now, in Egypt, if you go to Cairo, there is a place called Qala'a. And there is a mountain called Muqattam. In that place, subhanallah, there was a, a great scholar who used to live there. Today, if you go to Cairo and you are able to get to that place, in that cave, there is a room, a proper room being carved beautifully with seats and everything. It was one known, this man used to have a good relationship with the jinn. And they used to serve him and help him and do a lot of things for him. Now here, we have got two kinds of people. There are those among us who want to know them, to use them for support and help. Okay? By the means of good. And there are those by the means of doing evil. Okay? Such as the magicians. Not the magician who do tricks. No. The magician who try to bring harm and disharmony to the community or to the human being. Okay? And therefore, the mashayikh say, the jinn are called upon by those who want to create evil on the land. By those who are curious, who want to know how they look like and how can they deal with them and can they benefit from them. By those who think by building a relationship with them, they will benefit and gain okay, from their relationship with them. Here, we need to be very careful, really careful. You should never, never, never try to cross and want to get to know them for whatever reason you have. Be very careful because that where your trouble will start. And I'll tell you some of the examples that I know of. Okay? Now, Allah says in the Quran, إِنَّا الشَّيَاطِينَ أَوْلِيَا لِلَّذِينَ لَا يُؤْمُنُونَ Some of the jinn who have left the path and they are wicked in their ways, Allah says, they can only be friend those who seek evil on the land or want to do evil thing on the land. 
If you try to find them and they come your way, you will destroy yourself and anybody else who come across you, you will become a source of destruction to them. And it is forbidden in Islam to try to seek the jinn because you don't know which is good and which is bad. And the Quran says again, وَأَنَّهُ كَانَ رِجَالٌ مِنَ الْإِنْسِ يَعُوذُونَ بِرِجَالٍ مِنَ الْجِنِّ فَذَادُوهُمْ رَحَقًا There are some of the humans who try to seek help and support from the jinn. However, they only lead them astray. They will only lead them to self-destruction. You don't know their world. You don't know their right and wrong. You don't know anything about them. When you see, you think it is good. But it's not good. Because they have got something hidden other Allah SWT is telling us. Okay? Why did Allah made it haram for us to try to approach them or get to know them without knowledge? Because they will misguide you. They will misguide you. They will mislead you. They will put you in a position whereby you might destroy yourself. And when I talk about destruction, not physical, but spiritual. Okay? Because Iblis, who rule upon the wicked jinn, and wicked even human being, has promised Allah, anyone who will try to travel in the straight path to him, he will guide them astray. By your might and honor, I will misguide all of them. This is his oath to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we need to be careful. Allah said in the Quran in Surah Al-An'am, when Allah will resurrect all the jinn and bring them forth before him. يَا مَحْشَرَ الْجِنِّ O jinn, قَدْ اِسْتَكْتَرْتُمْ مِنَ الْإِنسِ You have tried your best to mislead a lot of the human beings and misguide them. Then their friend from the human will say, وَقَالَ أَوْلِيَاؤُهُمْ مِنَ الْإِنسِ رَبَّنَا اِسْتَمْتَعَ بَعْضُنَا بِبَعْضُ We have enjoyed their company and they enjoyed our company. We have been benefiting from one another. And we have reached the destination that you have destined for us. What Allah will answer both of them is say, Today the fire will be your abode. Today the fire will be your abode. You can't suddenly befriend the jinn and you say, Well, I didn't know. The Quran is telling you this is a line you should not cross. You should never try to search. You should never try to find. If you have the knowledge, if you have the understanding, if you have the commandment to go, fine. In the time of Rasulullah there are certain companions the Prophet selected by his own choice and send them to the valleys, to the caves, to the water to find the jinn and teach them and give the message. There are humans today who are living now and until Qiyamah who are being given that power to go out and find the jinn and give them da'wah, invite them to the right path. So they have the ability, they have the strength, they have the know-how to go out of their way to do that. But if we suddenly, blindly try to do things, we're in trouble. Why I'm saying this? Because I noticed today, among the religious people, whether they are Jews, Christian, Muslims, or other religions, they try to invite the spirit to invoke the spirit, to awaken the spirit. Even by game, some of the people, they go to these magic shops in Leicester Square, wherever, and they try to buy things to try to bring that which is hidden, call upon those things. Sometimes they read things 
and they call names they don't even have an understanding for. And this is absolutely haram in Islam. You should never, ever, 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 ever think of that. You should never even imagine yourself being in the company of people who will do these things. Why I'm doing this talk? Because I feel a lot of our younger Muslims, they think it is just for fun. It's not fun when you try to interfere with something you are not allowed to interfere with. It's not fun when you try to go against the teaching of your Creator, who is telling you now, in the Day of Judgment, they will come and say, we didn't do anything. They called upon us. And before they finish their sentence, you will be saying to Allah, well, we enjoyed their company. And they enjoyed our company. Without even knowledge. We didn't do anything wrong. Allah will say, just like them, you will be with them in the hellfire. Please. It's, it's, it's really a serious matter. And it might lead you to a position whereby you will never benefit from what Allah has created you for. What did Allah create you for? To know Him. So by getting to know them, you are neglecting your Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala who wanted you just to turn to Him. Now, the jinn, although they live on the earth in their tribes that I mentioned, every one of us have a jinn living in Him. And listen to me very careful. And this is really serious. When you see human beings reaching a position where a, a human being killing himself, when you see a human being becoming so evil and he does things that you cannot even imagine, like a human being eating his brother or sister alive, cutting their flesh and eating it. When you see a human being doing things that are not even imaginable because of the mercy the human being should have, it's not really that human being doing that. It's something else pushing him to do that. So within this vehicle we have the body, your spirit is there, which is you, and then there is another creature living, which is a jinn. This is in Sahih Muslim, and I will quote the hadith for you from Rasulullah. One day he was sitting with Aisha, and they were talking with Aisha. And Aisha being the young wife, when the Prophet suddenly got up and excused himself to leave, Aisha was very upset. And she did strange things. She used to talk about herself. She used to say, I get very jealous and I do things that I shouldn't do. Although she knows he's the messenger, And then Rasulullah came back and saw her. And it's what he says. Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha qalat, kharaja min indi Rasulullah sallam faqirt. The messenger left me. I felt jealous. Why does he have to leave me? Okay? He came back and saw what I was doing. What she was doing, I don't know. Sometimes when women are jealous, they break things. I don't know what Aisha was doing. But she said, he saw what I was doing. He asked me, okay? Malaki Aisha, what's wrong with you, Aisha? Are you jealous? That's the question. Are you jealous? She said, Wamali. What's wrong with me? Shouldn't someone like me be jealous with somebody like you? Because you think you are the messenger? I'm a normal human being. I, I'm jealous. I could be jealous because you are my husband. Okay? And that is her answer. 
هي سيز صلى الله عليه وسلم فقال او قد جاءك شيطانك وعايشه هاز يور جن تيكن اوفر يور بودي هاف يور جن يور مسجايدد جن هي ان ذا سنس تيكن اوفر يور بودي شي سيز او ماسنجر اوف الله او معي شيطان دو اي هاف ا مسجايدد جن ليفينغ ويزين ماي بودي هي سيد اوف كورس قال نعم قلت شي سيز ومع كل انسان ان افري هيومن بين هاف ون از ويل هي سيد يس اوف كورس شي سيز قلت ومعك يا رسول الله ان ايفن يو هاف ون Imagine she's asking because she's wife and she's young. And even you, you have one. He said yes. ولكن ربي عز وجل عانني عليه حتى أسلم. However, my Lord Almighty Subhanahu wa Taala helped me against him until he became a Muslim. Can you imagine yourself suddenly calling him, come out, and I want to debate you. <laughs> you sit with your gender and debate him. This is a Sahih Muslim, by the way. Hadith Sahih. Now, from this Hadith, we learn something really important. The jinn are made of the fire. And we are made of the spirit. The fire that the jinn are made of doesn't have a smoke. And it's scorching wind, as you see in the desert when you see a mirage. The spirit is of God. The spirit of God has got all that which is pure and clean and good, full of compassion and mercy. The scorching fire of the jinn, full of harm and anger. And therefore, when you as a human being become angry, it is that what makes you angry. But let me tell you, Your physical body, because it needs nourishment, eating, drinking, enjoyment, whatever, it cannot get it from the spirit. Because the spirit doesn't feel like eating and drinking. No, no, no. The spirit wants to be returned back to its creator. The spirit wants to be close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The only way you can strengthen your spirit is by worship, by remembrance, by dhikr. Only through the remembrance of Allah, your hearts can be strengthened and your spirit can be raised to higher, loftier place. What makes the spirit and the body come together, the Prophet tells us, is your nafs, your ego, that desires, the desires of eating and drinking. And the nafs, within itself, Allah says, it will always play to pull you down by commanding you to do that which is against your spiritual values. Who helps your spirit? Allah. Who helps your nafs? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala too. But if you don't turn to Allah to help you with your nafs, then your jinn inside is going to help your nafs. And who helps your jinn to help your nafs? Shaitan. And if shaitan is not there to help, the shayateen of the humans and the shayateen of the jinn. The shayateen of the humans, you could see them. You are ready, walking out to go to the mosque, and one of them comes and says, where are you going? I'm going to the mosque. Come on, you don't have to go to the mosque. We can pray at home. And then suddenly, there is something important to listen to, to watch. Come on, we pray after we watch this. 
the prayer time goes, I will join it with the other prayer. Astaghfirullahaladzim. This is the shaitan. Anybody who will stop you from doing that which Allah has commanded you is a shaitan. Definitely for sure. No human being in the right mind will ever stop a human being from doing the right, even if they are not Muslims. I know non-Muslim people, when they are raising their children who are Muslim because they made an agreement with the husband to raise them as Muslims, when the time of the Salah comes, they say to the child, get up and pray. Because it's the nature of the human being, spiritually, to do the good. But the nature of your ego is to do evil. And what helps that evil is the misguided human or the misguided jinn or Iblis himself or the jinn living within. You can never make your jinn a Muslim. The Prophet from this hadith is telling us no human being, even Aisha, his own wife, cannot bring her jinn and make him a Muslim. Only Rasulullah. So when you go to bed tonight, remember, it's not just Iblis who is your enemy, your own nafs is your enemy. The Prophet said in the hadith, The worst and the harshest of your enemies, your own self that is between your two sides. And then he says, إِنَّ الشَّيْطَانَ كَانَكُمْ عَدُوٌ فَاتَّخِذُهُ عَدُوًا Shaitan was an enemy for you when he created your father Adam. Take him as an enemy. Because he looked down at you. He's arrogant. And then your shaitan, who's living within you, your jinn, who does not believe in God. He's also an enemy to you. So you have got shaitan, Iblis himself, you have got your nafs, you have got your jinn inside you. Those three are fighting you. Plus the shayateen of the human who come across you and the shayateen of the jinn whom you cannot even see. What are we to do then? What are we to protect ourselves from all these things? And how can the jinn harm us? They do. Absolutely they do. They can absolutely cause you havoc and troubles in your life. And make your life miserable. There is a lot written by the scholars of Islam about the aspect of misguidance to the spirit of the human being by the jinn. And what we should do. The Prophet ﷺ told us that when he was traveling for Mi'raj, okay, before he went to Jerusalem in the journey of the Isra, when he's on the Buraq, he was flying with the Buraq and a freed from the jinn, one of those wicked strong jinns was coming across carrying a flame of fire and distracting the Prophet turn to me O Muhammad look at me O Muhammad this is in the hadith turn to me look at me the Prophet was asked by Jibreel don't turn and look O Muhammad he said but who is he and what does he want he said this is the ifrit of the jinn he wants to distract you from what you are supposed to go through don't turn to him and read and then he taught him this Beginning of a dua, I seek refuge in Allah by His noble face and His glorious words from the evil of this creature. Now, there are many duas that the Prophet taught us. I seek refuge in Allah from this and that. But the most important is to seek refuge from Allah, from Shaitan. Seek refuge in Allah from your own nafs. Seek refuge in Allah from your Karim. Seek refuge in Allah from the evil of the jinn. And what is most evil from the jinn is their breath. 
What is most evil from the human is their jealousy and envy and their bad eye when they look at you. And therefore Allah taught us in the Quran, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, قُلْ أَعُوذِ بِرَبِّ الْفَلَقِ مِنْ شَرِّ مَا خَلَقِ وَمِنْ شَرِّ قَاسِقٍ إِذَا وَقَبْ وَمِنْ شَرِّ النَّفَّاثَاتِ فِي الْعُقَدِ وَمِنْ شَرِّ حَاسِدٍ إِذَا حَسَدٍ And we seek refuge in Allah from the envy of the envious when he envy. So please, listen carefully to me. Don't go out of your way to try to call upon the jinn. Don't associate yourself with anybody who is trying to invoke or call upon the spirit. Because literally, in the Western world, although they don't believe in the jinn as such, but they believe, okay, in the spirit. Some of them, they think those powerful spirits are dead human beings that were not able to travel from this world to go to the other world. They are stuck in between. In haunted houses or haunted human beings, they think there is always a human being there. But let me reassure you, no human being, his spirit leaves the body, remains. There is only three places where the spirit of a human being should be. Either within his body or traveling while he's asleep and comes back to the body when he wakes up or with the creator when he dies. Only three times. Please, never as a Muslim believe otherwise. No human being who dies stays behind. So you might ask me, why there are places whereby there are things that take place. It makes it awkward. I have seen it with my own eyes. I sat in a place where there's a glass of water. This glass just left, went up. It stood like this. And then it started turning, 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 and just broken into pieces. Now, what happened? Why that glass shattered like that? Why did glass suddenly flown up? There is a creature there who's dealing with it, but I cannot see that creature, which is from the jinn, which I could not see. It's not a human being, it's not a spirit of an evil man who is left on the ground, and is not able to cross to go to the other world as you hear from some people saying, no, 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 no. No human being who dies remains on this earth. The spirit of the human being is from God. It goes. Whether it's good or bad, it goes. It goes to a place called Al-Barzakh. Okay? Please, believe as a Muslim, you must believe in that. You should not believe otherwise. What makes havoc on the earth? Why things fly from the shelves? Why in some places when you go there is evil taking place and people say this place is maskun, inhabited by some spirits? These spirits are jinn. We find it in this country. This spirit can enter into the human body. This spirit can follow some human beings. This spirit can take over an area and make a lot of difficulties for people. What are they looking for? To fulfill the promise of their master who have became one of the most disobedient creatures of God, although he was the closest to him, Iblis. When he promised Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he will misguide all of us. This is their, he is promising them promises and they want to fulfill for themselves these promises by doing what he desire. So, what we need to do to protect ourselves from shaitan and from the shayateen of the jinn and the human being and 
from our own Qareen is to make sure every day we recite Quran. But of the Quran, there are verses for sure they will give you a lot of support and help. I'm going to just give you the number of verses that you could read. Okay. If you really want the best protection from any evil that comes from the jinn, especially the shayateen of the jinn, or the wicked one from the jinn, you recite in the morning and in the evening, preferably before sunrise and before sunset, Surah Al-Fatiha, Ayat Al-Kursi, the last two verses of Surah Al-Tawbah, لَقَدْ جَاءَكُمْ رَسُولٌ مِنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ The last two verses of Surah Tawbah. And if you repeat the last verse seven times, the verse before the last ones, and the last verse seven times, and then you recite the first 11 verses of Surah As-Saffat. وَالصَّفَّاتِ الصَّفَّاتِ فَالزَّاجِرَةِ الزَّاجِرَةِ Okay? Up to Tini Lathib. Up to the word Lathib. 11 verses from Surah As-Saffat. And then if you can recite the last three verses of Surah Al-Hashr. But before you recite them, you repeat, أعوذ بالله السميع العليم من الشيطان الرجيم. أعوذ بالله السميع العليم من الشيطان الرجيم. أعوذ بالله السميع العليم من الشيطان الرجيم. Three times, then you recite those three verses. Rasulullah says, whosoever recite those three verses, but repeat, أعوذ بالله السميع العليم الرجيم three times beforehand, only Allah will send down to this person 70,000 angels to guard them all their day if they started before sunrise and all their night if they started before sunset. أعوذ بالله السميع العليم من الشيطان الرجيم أعوذ بالله السميع العليم من الشيطان الرجيم And then reciting the first 10 verses of Surah Al-Jinn. The first 10 verses of Surah Al-Jinn. And then Surah Al-Ikhlas Wal-Mu'udhatayn Qul A'udhu Rabbil Falaq and Qul A'udhu Rabbil Nas. In fact, the Prophet taught even Hassan and Hussein to recite Al-Ikhlas three times and then below like that in your hand. Al-Falaq three times below that in your hand. And then Al-Nas three times and then you massage all your body for protection. Okay, I repeat again. If you recite Surah Al-Fatiha, Ayat Al-Kursi, which is verse 255, Surah Al-Baqarah, Surah number 2. The last two verses of Surah Al-Tawbah. The verse before the last ones, and the last verse seven times. Then Surah Al-Hashr. The last three verses of Surah Al-Hashr. But before you recite it, Huh? Surah Al-Safat The first 11 verses of Surah Al-Safat And then Surah Al-Hashr Three times And then the last three verses And then the first 10 verses of Surah Al-Jinn Surah Al-Ikhlas Three times Surah Al-Falaq Three times Surah Al-Nas Three times This is it's called Al-Hirz Al-Mani'a Okay The strong protection From all evil Evil can come from within. Evil can come from shaitan. Evil can come from the shayateen of the jinn or the shayateen of the humans. Okay? So you need to be careful. 
how do the human being harms us? And inshallah, we'll talk about this in the next month's talk at the end of this month's April coming, inshallah. There are three things that the human can harm you with. Okay? A bad eye, al-ayn, we call it. And Rasulullah said, al-ayn haq, the eye is true. Somebody could look at you and harms you. And we'll talk about this in the next lesson, inshallah. And then, the magic of the magicians. Today, young people think magic is just tricks. Yes, there is a trickery, that's nothing. But there is a magic that has been inherited from the jinn when they abused the revelation of God at the time of King David, Sayyidina Dawud and they took it even to the, to the divorce between the husband and wife. And there are men and women today who will do this. Whether you call it black magic, whether you call it voodoo, whatever you do, there are men whom you can pay to do this for you. Astaghfirullahaladzim. There are people whom they will ask you to go and dig a grave and get them a bone. There are people who will say, bring us an animal and they will slaughter it to ask you to drink the blood. All this is of the evil that Allah has forbidden. The way Allah said in the Quran, the, the blood is haram. So all those who do the evil magic, they will always invoke what they want or call upon those creatures by asking you to drink blood. Never touch that. Never go that way. Alright? It is evil. Really evil. It is terrible. Yesterday, I was watching in the news in Africa, in Nigeria, there is those men whom people go and pay them a lot of money. And they will do exactly what I'm telling you. They call them marabus. And they do very evil things. And the woman was asking the man, said to him, yani, will you Take money if somebody comes to you to kill somebody. He said, yes, it's my job. If you want me to kill somebody with my magic, I will kill him. Astaghfirullahaladzim. They say in Islam, if you kill somebody by a verse of the Quran or a dua to ask Allah to kill them, as if you have killed them by a sword. Don't say, I didn't kill them. You did. If you say, oh Allah, please kill him. And Allah answered you and killed them. You kill them. Not Allah killed them. You kill them. Because you wanted them to be killed. But rather than taking a knife or a gun or a sword, you went the coward way. <laughs> okay? Just like somebody paying somebody money to go and kill somebody. They think, no, I didn't do it. I just paid the money. No, you did it. Alright? So, the eye, the magic, okay? And jealousy. Envy. So this is, inshallah, in the next talk, we'll talk about these three things separately, and we will talk about what the Prophet said about them, so that we can take them seriously and do that which will protect us from the evil of the magician, the evil of the wicked person with the wicked eye, and the evil of the envious or jealous person. I promise you, Allah will never see anything but the truth. Allah said, from the envy of the envious one they envy. Today, a lot of our illnesses, our Trouble that we face is from the envy of people, or from the wicked eye. And it is not difficult to protect yourself. Rasulullah used to bring Hassan and Hussein, and he will read over them. And he will ask them to read. I have a paper I prepared, but I forgot to bring, inshallah. Whoever wants it, I will ask Amina if she's going to be generous enough for anybody else who's willing. All the protections of the Prophet Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min. Oh Allah, I seek refuge in you from... I promise you, if you read it every morning, 
and every about two pages every evening and I put the Arabic and English translation okay I promise you Ahmed could you do transliteration please okay. Hmm? please okay because Ahmed who cannot read Arabic because it's better to read the actual word Wallah I tell you you will benefit from it and people can benefit from it it's absolutely beautiful it is gathered from all the statement Muhammad Sallam said for us to be protected from everything that we pass through there are too many things they can tell you what are you going to take refuge from but the prophet knows exactly what to take refuge from and I tell you he used to say to his grandsons and from the breath of the jinn because the jinn don't give you a wicked eye because we don't see them they don't envy you but the jinn breathe on you when they breathe on you they cause you troubles many times you go to the doctor the doctor check your body you're healthy your parents think you're making it up what's wrong with you get up and do something you're healthy but you're not healthy something is wrong with you what is wrong with you is that which you don't know which being inflicted by a wicked eye by an envy of somebody who is envious by somebody who did something against you or by the breath of jijin you might think who will do something against me Allah is my witness I'm sitting here there are some very naive people who ring me sometimes even from our countries even from Saudi Arabia or Islam and they say Sheikh could you please do something for me what do you mean I want you to to do something against somebody and I'll pay you anything now what kind of life is it if people can do this yeah and in Britain here this country among the non-Muslims, among people who are atheists, there are things that are done only Allah knows. And if you want to to know exactly what I'm saying, but if you are not strong enough, then go. Go to Leicester Square and go to magic shops. You find in these magic shops, they, tell, they teach things that are not good. And one day I went to buy a piece of silver. I just wanted silver. And subhanallah, in the shop, I found dummies and needles and reading if you want to harm somebody. How could you sell something like that? And the, the people who are inside, they look like jinn. I'm sorry. <laughs> Young kids, blue eyes, blonde hair. And they were reading. I said, oh, yes, you could do this. And what they are reading is telling them, okay, if you want to kill somebody, if you want to harm somebody, if you want to bring pain to somebody, if you want to exile somebody, if you want to make your neighbor move from the house next door, it can happen. But we shouldn't do that. We're not allowed to do that. And you should never indulge in that or encourage that. Okay? So, inshallah, take this seriously and think of the jinn as creatures Allah has created so that we can live with them on this earth for the purpose of worshipping Allah. Meaning, getting to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and live a peaceful life where when we return to Allah, Allah will be pleased with us. Anybody who have any question, ask me please. Ismail. Alaikum salam. I was told, I read a book and they were saying that there are some people that marry the jinn. Yes. And sometimes I was told that there are some, there's some so-called shakes who marry the jinn. And if someone is learning from someone who's married to a jinn, is that healthy? Well, I will not marry a jinn woman. <laughs> For sure. Now I'll tell you one thing. 
well, even if they are, the, 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 the jinn are there, and if you come across them, you can deal with them, okay? In London, I'm going to tell you two stories in London. I was sitting once in Central Mosque, and there was a young man who always used to come pray with us, Al Algerian, I think, young guy. He was always there. But suddenly we heard the news, he was found dead in his room. He used to live just in Gloucester Place, you know, Gloucester Place, just a new bookshop there, and a Sawi travel, you could watch from there where the bus come to the mosque. And this Baker Street, Gloucester Place. He was renting a room, and then they couldn't find him for two days. Then when they broke the door, he was on a prayer mat with a book in front of him with a lot of kind of things to do, like magic things. He was trying to call upon the spirit. He found those books, um, I think both of them, and he, he's telling him that if he wants to better his life, encourage certain things, get uh, these jinn to come and support him and have power and strength, he felt he could do it. But he was dead on the prayer mat. What happened to him? Only Allah knows. You know, if a jinn appeared in front of you, do you know how they're going to look like? You don't want to know. Because I'm telling you, some of them, if they appeared in front of you, you will die straight away. If you did not wet yourself, you will die out of fear because they come in a hard way. Another story, there was a, a business young man who used to work in the city and one of the top accountants. And he used to come. Very lovely guy, Bangladeshi. Really lovely guy. I used to meet him in the early 80s in the mosque. He was always smart. But then suddenly he started listening to talks. I wanted to know about spirituality reading. He began to read a lot about the past people who used to talk about secrets until he went to a path whereby he began to read more about how to get closer to these people. And there came a time, he lives alone in Swiss Cottage, and suddenly they appeared to him. But initially, they tortured him. He would come to the mosque beaten up. You could see his body, you could see his face. And he used to come and ask me a question, what shall I do? I said, look, <laughs> keep your distance, my brother. But you are sheikh. <laughs> they used to beat him up. And ask him to do something because once you get into their zone, they tell you, excuse me, you are now in our domain. Just like imagine, you know, the groups, when you, if you are not from the hood, <laughs> you understand what I'm talking about? You can't walk about. When I came to London, I used to do da'wah in the early 80s. They used to tell me, don't go to the front line. I said, what's the front line? He said, Ladbroke Grove. <laughs> it used to be notorious <laughs> and there was a mosque there in the front line whereby the people who are outside are all once you come they say would you, would you like anything they would start pushing dragons okay and guns and everything so that's it once you get into their area they will deal with you in a way whereby you will absolutely hate yourself but alhamdulillah with a little bit of help here and there and support he came to a position whereby he managed to persuade some of them to come to his side. And subhanallah, as Brother Ahmed is saying, well, if it is beautiful, Karimari, one of their jinn women became very close to him and she, she became a Muslim. Because if you persuade them and they become to Islam, they will support you. So alhamdulillah, he became good. And it, it brought him a beneficial relationship. But since then, he's hidden. Imagine you are a man, you marry a jinn woman. What will your children be? 
humans to be seen or jinn to be hidden. The woman want them to be hidden with her. You want them with you. Who will marry them? <laughs> From us. <laughs> so there's a big problem. So uh, you can marry them, you can... Uh, one of the things that I learned, if you go to a house whereby your host, okay, the one who's welcoming you, suddenly said, okay, I'm going to serve you, and suddenly brought a pan and put some ghee on it and then took dates and fried them for you and gave them to you, don't eat it, because this is what they like. You see? They, they fry dates. They fry dates and eat them. One of their, they eat bones, white bones. Okay? They do strange things, but it's fine. This is their way. Huh? That would be cheaper, Shaykh. That would cheaper than a human wife. Ahmed said it is cheaper than a human wife. You don't understand, my brother. Their demand is big. Their demand is huge. Yeah. Anybody else with a question? <coughs> yes, Sayasir. There's one in jinn, another two spirit. What is the Mokkal spirit? What is? Mokkal. Yeah. It is just names. A spirit is a ruh. That is from Allah. The jinn, okay, is the hidden, just like the malaika of the of the fire. Before you arrived, we were talking about it. Okay? And the muakkal is your qareen, that is living with you within which I mentioned, yeah? For every human being, there is a qareen inside, a jinn living with him, but also from the malaika, you have hafadha, raqib wa atib, to guard you, yeah? Anybody else with a question? Shai, yes, my brother? Is there ever any, um, the jinns helping humans to know, does Allah ever give them information about the future and then they tell humans? They yes. Make out they know about the future? They are not really, <laughs> they don't really know the future, but imagine if I'm a jinn and I saw Muhammad Sallam and I lived with him, traveled with him and I saw a lot of the great companion. You are here cobbling about Imam Malik, Abu Hanifa and I sat in their majlis. Of course I'm going to tell you something that you'll be shocked. You understand? Yani they don't know the future unless Allah show them like me and you. But they know of the past because they live long. <laughs> How do I know this? Sheikh Bashir Uthman Bashir, Rahmatullah Sheikh Al-Jinn, when he used to come to see me, I had never traveled to see him, but he always come to see me. I told the brothers before, once I was sitting with him in Bayswater, in a room, and just an English guy was sitting with us. And suddenly he started crying and crying like a baby. And he's an old man, 90-something years old, 96, 97 years old. And he's so lovely man and very clean and crying. His beard was wet and dripping. When he finished, he was going like this, Astaghfirullah al-Azim, inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raja'an. So I said to him, Sheikh, everything all right? He said, just now I was told, one of my companion friends from the jinn who embraced Islam with Rasulullah sallam, whom the Prophet made him a brother with the Bakr Sadiq, have just passed away. So I said to him, how long do they live? He said, oh, there are some of them I know who lived with Dawud alayhi salam. Imagine. So... They can live. And the jinn, I told you that 900 years is nothing. Yeah? 900 years is nothing. Maybe still he's alive. They can live long, the jinn. Yes, my brother's there? Yeah? In some cultures, um, there are problems in life. Yeah. 
Yes, absolutely. You know, today's person, although he thinks he's advanced, and in a century, the 21st century, where there is knowledge and technology, and you have the iPhone, and you can, the world is your in your palm. Okay, I think they are the most ignorant people ever to live on the earth. Seriously, regarding the spiritual side, physically we know a lot, but spiritually we don't know. For example, how can you go and sit in front of somebody who say to you, "Okay, pay me fifty dollars, I tell you about your future." I bring love to you. What is this nonsense? Doesn't make any sense. Our Prophet, peace be upon him, says, Alhamdulillah, anybody who believes in the fortune telling of the fortune teller has left the path of Islam. It's haram in Islam. We should not even think of that. Okay? Now, yes, there are some elements of what you say is true. But today's people who come to me personally and they say, Sheikh, I have a, I have a jinn. I always ask them, have you seen him? No. Have you heard him? No. How do you know you have a jinn? Well, I know I have. How do you know you have? He's sitting here. He's sitting here. <laughs> or he goes from here to here. He comes here. But he doesn't know even what a jinn is. When a jinn enters a human body, I promise you, it will make your life miserable. I have seen it a few times. Because a jinn man, or a male, who enters into a female body, when he takes over her body, he will speak like that male. He will hear him like a man. And vice versa. A female in a man body. It's terrible. And when that jinn takes over that human body, however weak, young that person is, this body will become strong. I promise you, it becomes very strong. So if suddenly somebody tells you I have these things, it's wrong. And by the way, whether it is an eye, or envy, or sihr, or a jinn that take over your body, or the place where you dwell, you should never say, maybe. Just like somebody who have a stomach ache, you say, I have cancer. How did you know you have cancer? You need to be diagnosed. So you should go to somebody who knows, and it can be diagnosed. But for the layman to know, okay? Number one, if you are sleeping at night, at night or any time, and suddenly your body is paralyzed, and you try to move your leg, and suddenly you can't. You try to move your hand, and suddenly you can't. You try to speak, and suddenly you freeze. That means there is a jinn in the area. If suddenly you are in a very cold place, and something hot touches you, there is a jinn in the area. If you are in a very, very hot place, and suddenly something cold, there is a jinn in the area. Okay? That's the way they, you, you can get to know a simple thing like that. And rest assured, the Prophet wasallam was always telling us the truth. Okay? He says, if you see a black cat or a black dog, there is nothing but black, all of it, it might be a normal cat or a dog. But in many, many cases, if a jinn wants to take over, it will take a body like that. Any snake I see, I will not treat it as a snake. I will treat it as if it is being taken by a jinn. So I will treat it. If it is there in front of me, I will say to it, Bismillahi ukhruj, Bismillahi ukhruj, Bismillahi. In the name of Allah, get out. In the name of Allah, get out. If it is the jinn, it will just leave. I have seen this with my own eyes. We had a gathering, a very important meeting, and there were some barriers in the desert. And we were sitting with this old man, and then he says, suddenly, somebody is listening to what we are talking about. He sent his old son. He went around, he said, be careful, and he saw this huge thing sitting there, listening. 
and the face of some snake is like human being. So I went to look, and subhanAllah, you could hear this snake putting his. So the old man came, and all the people moved around, and he's still sitting. It's huge, higher than this table. And then the Sheikh said, Bismillah, and just went out and rolled and went away. When he sat back, he said, Look, this is the way to deal with these things. If they are taken over by the jinn, they will go. If they are just creatures of God, they will remain. They will not understand. Then it's up to you. Either you remove them or you destroy them. You see? But we should never imagine or talk about things that we don't know. Or I have a jinn or somebody this. A lot of people say, oh, my in-laws have written something against me. Or I found this paper with things in it. I think they did magic against me. <coughs> we shouldn't do these things. If you find something, take it. A lot of people bring me things. Okay? If you go to somebody and you are worried, maybe they are doing something to your food or your drink, whatever, don't have doubt. Read Three times. Three times. Okay? This surah is supposed to remove everything. The fear in the heart, the trouble that it might bring by those people who did whatever they did wickedly, it will be removed and it will be alright and it will be saved, inshallah. Yes, my brother? I've taken a few um, rockiers, you know, the... Yes, yes. <coughs> um, is there a danger that if people are there and you're you know, sitting nearby, can the jinn jump to them? Is that it possible? can. It can. And it depends upon the person who's doing it because there are a lot of people who are self-made. Okay? <laughs> yani doctors of the jinn. Especially in London now. You see a lot of young people carrying bags doing what you call cupping and, and suddenly they say, oh, I can deal with the jinn as well. And it's dangerous. Yani, if somebody who doesn't know and does these things, it can so even go into... No, if the person, if the person if is reputable. Look, listen. First of all, if this person have a jinn in him, do you think if the jinn come out, the jinns in the dwelling itself, in the house where you are reading or the place, will accept that jinn? It might cause problems. So usually the person who knows, before he recites on the person, there are things to recite to ask the dwellers in a nice, good way to leave the place for a while. And they understand. There are things. So when you read that recitation, they will leave. They will stay out. And then you do your recitation and whatever is there will come out and move and leave. Okay? And once it is gone from the place, you invite the dwellers to come back again to the place. That's the way it is done. But only this is done by people who know what they are doing. Because sometimes they're not just hearing, they can see. Yes, Ismail? Is there a Rukia directory of genuine like yourself? Because I know my son, you're very busy. If someone can't get hold of you, are there four other people you could recommend? Because there's a lot of brothers now who are going around saying, yes, I do Rukia. And... I think, I, I think to be honest with you, the Ruqya is from the Quran and from the Prophet It is either verses recited from the Quran or it is statement the Prophet repeated himself. I think. What I suggest is if you read the protection that I'm going to give to Brother Ahmad, inshallah, through Amina, Amina, my daughter, she will, inshallah, send it to him by, okay, and then you can put it, people can take it, you'll get the reward, inshallah. Don't worry. Okay. Now, recite that in the morning and in the evening. I think this will be good. The Prophet recited all those things, not to waste his time. It's for us a prescription 
to protect ourselves inside from the evil of the evil ones. No, no fees, no charging. Okay. Now, Subhanallah. Yani, in London there are some people who can who can who can do ruqya. The only man I, I really think he is good at what he does is the Malaysian or Indonesian man called Pak Muhammad. He's a good man. He knows what he's doing. He's reputable in his own way. If I want myself somebody to do for me, I go to him. Pak Muhammad. Pak Muhammad. I, if anybody has this number, please you can say it. In Indonesian. Yeah. Pak Muhammad. I don't know. It might be a name, Indonesian name, or shortened for an Indonesian name. I don't know. But he's a good man. He's so busy because a lot of the native people, the English people, call upon him and his service. He's very powerful. Very. He knows exactly what he's doing. Absolutely clever man. He knows. Yes, my sister? Is it dangerous to do it online? Pardon? Is it dangerous to do online? Well, this is modern, my sister. Virtual ruqya. I don't know how it works, my sister. Now, when you recite ruqya, Sometimes the person you are reciting ruqya for, they faint, they fall. So if you are there and you are holding the telephone or looking at your computer, suddenly something happened to you. No, but the, what I'm saying is someone would be there and like you'd be on, on a Skype. Well, I, 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 don't, I don't really, I think this is all innovation. This is bid'ah. <coughs> yeah? Yeah, yeah, smart time. Pardon? Yeah. Well, protecting the house, there are different ways. I will tell you, if you recite Quran every day in your house, you'll be protected. If you, that, we have got, uh, mashallah, the new modern technology. And by the way, Maqrib is going, we need to pray Maqrib. Uh, you need to put Surah Al-Baqarah. Put Surah Al-Baqarah, let it be recited every three days once in your house. Just put it on. Okay? And it will recite in the house. Iblis cannot come in and the shaitan will not come in. Every time you are leaving your house, leave with your left foot. And when you close your door, say, Bismillah, kharajna, Bismillah, waladna. Wa ala Allahi rabbina tawakkanna. In the name of Allah, okay, we are exiting. And in the name of Allah, we will enter again. Or once again. Okay? And upon Allah, our creator, we depend. When you come back, enter with your right hand, with right foot, sorry. And once you close your door, okay, reciting the same dua, then you recite Surah Al-Ikhlas three times. This is a protection. Because, you know, when the first time said, eat with your right, don't eat with your left, enter with your right, don't enter with your left, because shaitan is there encouraging his soldiers to enter into your dwelling, to enter into place of work, to accompany you, to follow you. And by the way, sometimes no wicked eye, no sihir is done against you, nothing. You are walking, doing your own thing. One of two things happen to you. You enter into the wrong place at the wrong time and one of those wicked jinns followed you. Okay? Or you are in a place whereby a jinn saw you and likes you. I treated this young woman once a long time ago and she had a proper jinn in her. I promise you she speaks perfect Scottish accent. She's Asian, married with a daughter, everything. And eight men were there. One of them is your friend, Abdul Aziz Frederick. They, they could not even hold her down. Every time they pull her down, she throws them away. 
But when I began to speak to her, the guy inside he speak to me in the Pakistani accent. <laughs> so I said, who are you? None of your business. <laughs> and a man, I thought, about, why are you dealing with me like that? What is it to do with that? When I got him and I started reciting my thing, he said to me, well, she was in Pakistan and I just love her. Every time I said to him, I love her. Excuse me, but you are not supposed to love her. She's a very, well, I love her. He's followed her from Pakistan. He's here with her. And Alhamdulillah, we got him out. She's now, mashallah, living comfortable, everything. She's a very good woman. May Allah reward her. But that is real. I wish somebody was recording it so people could see it. Because when you hear it and you see it, it's frightening. I tell you, all those men, I, I, they wish they were not there. <laughs> because it was really frightening. Even I am reading it and I know what I'm doing, it frightens you. Because at any moment, they can take over. I have to stop here because it's Makrit time. May Allah reward you. May Allah guard you.